Good morning and happy Friday the 13th. It's Friday the 13th and you are now tuned in to the Be Myself and I podcast. I'm BB. Now get in here, get in here, let's talk. There's an old saying, and my grandmother and all them people used to say it all the time. That saying is, the dog that brought the bone, carry him. They really say the dog that bring the bone, carry him. And this saying is regarding people who come to bear news when the news is gossip. Them people who come in your face and tell you what so-and-so had to say about you. That's what they're talking about. And the idea is that if somebody is taking the time to tell you what somebody else said about you, most likely they've been talking with them. And I've seen it ring true in my life a thousand times. If somebody been bold enough to come tell you what the next person or the next people had to say about you, chances are, the dog that bring the bone, carry him. In less than eight hours, I'm going live on Facebook and possibly Instagram if I can figure it out for 10,000 minutes. I'm going live for 10,000 minutes um, and I would like to raise five fifty thousand dollars give 30000 away in three $10,000 cash prizes. And keep 20000 for myself, fix my life, pay my rent up a little further, and begin doing all the things I need to do to get and stay straight. And one of those things is get my disability. I'm about to get my disability. I don't have time to keep playing with these people. I feel like if I have gotten short-term, then I can get long-term. And I have gotten short-term a time or two. So I'm going in hard. What I understand about disability is you have to keep appealing because they will deny you and they will continue to. I know people who fought for years. I know people who fought for a year, two, and I I can fight. I have started the ball rolling because I have applied twice and just kind of gave up the fight. Um, I was told not to let that appeal expire. They give you a, t- a chance to appeal and it's a very short window and you have to go after it. And I'm going after it. Um, I'm just, I used to be very diverted from wanting to admit that I'm mentally disabled. My uh, symptoms from my little cocktail of mental health disorders is truly debilitating. I can be good for a time, but never long enough to stay on top of my game and it's devastating to me and it's just disappointment after disappointment and you know I know that life is not fair however I also know that there are things put in place for these kinds of illnesses and I'm going after mine it is very hard to be sick where people can't see but that's what it is That's just what it is. But get in here, let's talk.
All right, let's tell a couple people happy birthday. These birthdays are coming from my Facebook page and followers. If you want to be mentioned on a birthday uh, shout out, you just have to follow me on Facebook, be a follower, and I think your birthday will come up. Um, Happy birthday, Jacob Walker. He is 40 years old today. Happy birthday. We share a last name. Happy birthday, Chrissy Rock, 35 years old. Quan Chi is 40. Lordy, Lordy. Quan Chi and Jacob, 40. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Dizzy Smalls and Brandon Howard. Brandon Howard is 38 years old. Happy birthday, Kendall Gallishaw. Um, His birthday is today on October 13th. And we missed some birthdays from yesterday. Happy birthday, Elliot Morris. Happy birthday, Frank Watson. Javon Patrick Morris, happy birthday. His birthday was on October 12th. Yesterday, missed it, but happy birthday. Happy birthday, Boise Watson. Joseph Seabrook, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ruben Prelo. And Stefan Brown. Stefan Brown had a birthday yesterday, October the 12th. Happy birthday, Van- Melissa Veal. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Reed Armstrong. His birthday was two days ago, as was Melissa Veal's. These people's birthday fell on October 11th. Happy birthday, Rod Gathers. And happy birthday, Mary Adamson Adigan. October 11th, birthday 10-11. Love it. Happy birthday, Gloria Brown. Literally, rest in peace, Aaron. Or Rip Aaron. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, T.T. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kevin Peel. Javon Moody for October 11th. Adrian Wynn. Very happy birthday to my girl, Adrian Wynn. Happy birthday, Shaniqua Brown. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Bands Rax from October the 10th. And Anna Brown from October the 10th. No labels. Happy birthday from October the 10th. And I think that's as far as I'm going to go back here. Happy birthday, Marky Rowe, who just recently had a birthday on October the 10th as well. Happy birthday. And that's your birthdays, wishes, and shout-outs today. You know I got to tell you something. Happy birthday. Hey, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you something. Happy birthday. Love, BB. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> what is your definition of a cult classic? I would say a cult classic is a movie that is very easily recognizable no matter who's, who's seen it or what it is actually about something that has been spread by word of mouth more than it has by actual visual visuals. Come through. Look it up. Google it. You got a computer in front of you. Mm-hmm. Because, yes. Um, very good, son. My definition of a cult classic is probably, um, I'll more so give an example. Friday is my favorite. When I think of a cult classic, I think of in movies, I think of a movie that is the word esoteric comes to mind. A certain group of people really enjoyed it and it was kind of geared towards a certain group for them and by them, but ended up being so relatable to other groups that it 
resonated with everybody so it goes down history i could be like friday like if i had to give a picture of a cult classic in the dictionary i would put the movie friday because i feel like cult classics also have these other um elements to them whereas like a movie friday was a low budget film but did amazing like they have those kinds of elements um what have you found looking at the definition a cult classic is just that something that has gotten so popular that has almost a cult following among a particular group also if i were to give an example of a cult classic a more modern one i would say and this is probably a weirder pick Encanto, because like there's only like two or so groups of society that's been geared towards but it's it still did really well with everybody and in those groups, it's a really good movie. And has a very large cult following. People are freaking out about the songs. We People don't talk about dice. Yes, like in cancel. Okay. Getting here, let's talk, y'all. It's time for the Be Myself and I podcast. And tonight, we have another series that we love so much. What we call a series, my boy? Cult Classic Revisits. Cult Classic Revisits. And last night, my son and I decided to revisit the movie Jawbreaker with Rose McGowan and other castmates. It was great, and we're going to talk about it. So get in here, let's talk. So it's not just a cult classic revisit. It's a cult classic revisit and a twist up because we're completing a hair transformation for my boy at the same time that we're going to discuss this movie. So this should be pretty fun. Tune in. So Jawbreaker, as normal for these cult classic revisits, is a movie my mother has seen many times. But I will say, if you haven't seen it, it's so worth a watch. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's glowing with amazing characters. And speaking of such, um, all of the characters are just lovely, but they work very well in the context of the movie's plot, being as follows. So the movie takes place in your average 90s high school. You know, there's this hierarchy, there's like three main girls, and then everybody else kind of falls to the wayside. There's Courtney, Julie, Marcy, and Liz. So they got four it girls. Yeah, but Liz is number one. Because Liz has... Liz Purr? You mean the cat's meow? Insider, you gotta see the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Liz has the it girlness, she has the fashion, she has the looks. But she's also really nice. And so everybody loves her. And of course, there's the other it girls, but nobody's doing it like Liz. So later on, they decide, because it's Liz's birthday, they're going to do a little prank. They're going to they're gonna give her a little treat. And in doing this, Courtney decides, you know what the best prank would be? We're going to kidnap her. <laughs> I think they all had agreed to kidnap her. What they didn't all agree on is for Courtney to stuff that jawbreaker in her mouth. And that's how we get the title of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so these girls are going to kidnap their friend for their friend's 17th birthday. It's just something they do as friends. They like to play pranks on one another. So they decide they're going to kidnap their buddy. But somehow, Courtney, which is our uh, ringleader in the group, 
decides right before putting the duct tape over their friend's mouth to stuff her in their car trunk and kidnap her for her birthday, that she would stuff a giant jawbreaker in poor Liz's mouth. So when they get to their destination to hang out with their friend or kidnap their friend, their friend is dead as a doornail in that trunk. <laughs> she's dead, dead. Good and gone. Like, she's a little blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the plot of this movie is pretty much how the ringleader, Courtney, played by Rose McGowan, decides that they're not going down for this. We're going to have to cover this up. So what do you decide to do with the girl, Junior? Child, they put the girl back in the bed. They just put her back. <laughs> they put her back. They go to school all day. That's the craziest. Like, they go straight to school and just, nothing's wrong. Act like nothing's wrong. She's just sick. We're going to grab her assignments for her. And then they put, well, oh yeah, what about that? They call the school and pretend to be her parents. Um, but what they don't anticipate is that her death would be investigated by Pam Greer's character. All of Pam Greer makes an appearance in this movie. And Pam Greer's character is intent on figuring out who hurt this girl. Like every good detective should. And it's just a really funny movie. It's a dark comedy. One thing, I think this is a, um, this is a pattern in my cult classic revisits. Is it that I really like dark comedies or was the 90s just filled with them? That remains to be seen. But it's kind of a dark comedy because it's pretty funny, but it's also really evil and, and wild. Like, really evil and wild, because not only do they kill Liz, just put her back, but they actually fail to pick up her assignments for her. And that leads someone else to have to do it. Enter Fern. Fern goes to give our girly Liz the assignments, and instead of finding Liz, she finds Courtney, Marcy, and Julie arguing over what to do with Liz's dead body. <laughs> As they are putting her back in the bay. <laughs> so y'all know what these little crimey type of movies go. There's always one person in the It Girl group who is actually wrecked with guilt and cannot take it anymore. And that is Julie's character. Mm -hmm. Who ends up leaving the entire girl group after they all work together and do this heinous thing. Fern overhears them when she's dropping off the assignments uh, for Liz. And she, um, you know, this makes the girls panic a little bit. Mainly our main character, Courtney, is panicking. What to do, what to do, we've been heard, we've been caught. And Courtney immediately goes to her it girl defenses of intimidate, intimidate, manipulate, manipulate, girl boss. <laughs> so she, court, she quarters Fern and is like, well, just tell us. What were you, What did you hear? We won't kill you. Ridiculous. <laughs> that scene is so crazy. What did you hear? No, no, it's fine. And eventually, Courtney, realizing that Fern knows, decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make her a dick girl like us so she shares some of the blame. <laughs> so she, what? So she shares the blame. Okay. I think it was also, I don't think it was just not about sharing the blame. I think it was more about keeping her quiet. And everybody wants to be popular, right? So I'll make her popular. She'll shut up. And she, you know, I got what I want. She gets what she wants. Because something you even commented on when we were watching the movie is while Courtney is a lot of things, 
dumb, my girl is no. not. <laughs> and her character is very... I mean, that's what you get when you've got a manipulative character. You're usually going to get someone who's pretty freaking intelligent. You have to understand people and what they want and what their desires and how to give them what they want and get what you want in order to be a manipulative type. And that's what Courtney is. So what does every teen girl want? Popularity to be them, to be a part of this foursome, which they have now pared down to a threesome, uh, of girls who are the most popular girls in the school. So we make Fern, one of us, one of the most popular girls in the school, and we will have her loyalty. We will not have to worry about her outing our secret. And that was the idea. And the plan would have worked if it wasn't for those darn kids in my <laughs> Scooby-Doo crew voice. Because, um, what the hell, Fern? You had one job. Shut up. Like, what does Fern do with her new makeover? She decides she's going to play this it girl thing. She's going to rule this school. She's showing up in her nice car, dancing on top of it. <laughs> And she's doing too much for our main character who gets frustrated because, baby, you're trying to overtake my popularity. And as Courtney had to remind her in that infamous bathroom scene, I made you, and you're going to be whatever I say you are. I love Courtney so much. I love her. Her character is amazing. She is the main character because she is rounded, she's well figured out, and she devises a plan to free all the girls from any sort of um, punishment by framing another guy, one of the men that she, one of the strange men that she slept with, she frames this guy as our uh, killer. Knowing good and well, she the damn killer. <laughs> and the thing about Courtney is in not just being smart, not just being a really good it girl and manipulator, she also manages to almost really get away with it. And even so, by the end of the movie, her consequences are getting prom ruined. <laughs> I don't, she never gets arrested or anything. Well, they don't show us that. We would hope that she does, though, if everybody finds out. But they don't show us. Um, that was kind of a hole in the movie. Like, what happens to Courtney? And I love how the movie kind of plays on that, um, you know, teenage... Thing. Like, as a teenager, teenagers can get a little... Uh, Entirely uncaring. Uncaring because their concerns are truly who's gonna win prom queen. So yeah, it's a teen killer thriller comedy. And it is so good. It's fun to watch. Marilyn Manson makes an appearance. Pam Greer. All kinds of really cool um, stars pop up in this movie. And... We enjoy it very much. What are some of the themes that you pick up on from this movie, my boy? Well, of course, there's the obvious, you know, uncaring teenagers. There's also, like, a very undertoned romance here. Did you notice that? For who? For Julie and almost Fern slash Violet. No, I think you're just doing too much. I think they say that they were friends in, like, fourth grade. Then we got Courtney's character, who is a teenage sex demon. Oh, yeah. And that's another interesting part about Courtney. When she goes to... Basically, her excuse for how Liz died is she was bringing odd men back to her house. When that's what Courtney does. <laughs> that was very genius. Courtney has a fetish of sleeping with strange men. 
and she paints that fetish as if it is Liz's fetish in order to exonerate her and the other girls from any kind of involvement and in order to frame Marilyn Manson's character as homegirl's killer. I like Jawbreaker. What did you like about the movie? Your favorite things about Jawbreaker? Obviously Courtney, but other than Courtney. Oh wow, how Courtney gonna be one of your favorite things? She's evil. She's evil and that makes her better. She's better for it. I also love, and this is just a funny part, how Violet Loki is also very evil, but like nothing happens. Because for Violet to rise as an it girl, she had to just let go of the fact that they murdered Liz. And didn't care. Didn't say a word. she cared about. So that's why when I was asking about themes, like one of the themes too, I feel, is that like um, the desire for power. Yes. Because it's a huge power struggle. Um, one of the reasons why Marcy is able to be besties with Courtney is because she allows Courtney to be in full power and have all the control. She even says it early in the movie. She makes a comment and Courtney's like, what are you saying? She's like, I'm just saying that you're in control. Courtney's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. I love her. She's just, I think because Courtney is our protagonist and our antagonist, well, and our villain, she just is the most fleshed out. <laughs> and that makes her the best. Definitely, 100%. Um, Courtney, defend her till I die. It's just a lot going on. Um... Again, these movies are really like dark comedy in the 90s. But um, what actually made me even want to watch the movie is I was just considering the Harvey Weinstein stuff. Yes. And remembering that our star character from the movie Jawbreaker was a movie that I loved very much as a kid, was one of our whistleblowers... For the Harvey Weinstein debacle. She was the first. This is Be Myself and I. And I'm BB. I'm running for my cat. Who want to be the star so bad. I don't want to hear it, Whiskey. This is Be Myself and I. I'm BB. Now get in here, let's talk. Let's get to the point. I had a meltdown. I had a meltdown. And I might have another one if these animals don't shut up. Because I can't see myself think. I can't walk out of the house without them freaking out like I'm leaving. And I'm right on the porch with the door open. They can see me. I think I'd be raising my kids too close. Odin, chill out. Please. I had a meltdown. I had a job interview. I engaged in a lot of negative self-talk on the way to the job interview. And when I got there, I just flipped out. I started crying. I couldn't stop. I was panicking. And I just, then I didn't have my ID. And so I couldn't interview at all. And I just spiraled really quickly. I spiraled. Um, I have a lot of things on me right now. And they're still not completely resolved and they need to get resolved in a very quick period of time and I know God is coming through when he's coming through because he's God and that's all that's all don't say nothing else no buts I gotta know that with no buts Odin stop
Seriously, now, come on. Nobody owes you anything, but it's easy to feel that way when the world has been cruel. Get in here, let's talk.